Welcome to this episode of Inside the Senior Alliance, a podcast exploring resources and issues in the field of aging. I'm Jason Macieski, CEO of the Senior Alliance, the area agency on aging serving Western and Southern Wayne County. Today, I'm joined by Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, who represents Michigan's 13th Congressional District located in Wayne County. Congresswoman, welcome to Inside the Senior Alliance. Thank you so much for having me. So Congresswoman, we're going to launch right into it. Congress is a very visible elected office. What do you see the role of a member of Congress being, and how does your work embody that vision? Yeah, I think it's really important to know, um, you know, the value of uh, the letterhead and the power of the office to convene people. I always tell folks, you know, sometimes it doesn't really require new laws or various policies, but really around implementation. And sometimes the power of the letterhead to an administration, to a chair of a committee, to a department head to say, you know, this is not working for our seasoned residents can really change someone's life for the better. We, we've done it so many times uh, on behalf of so many of my neighbors across my district where, you know, from a landlord to, you know, a state agency, putting the constituent concern on a letterhead and sending it through, all of a sudden in a week or so of the problem and challenge is resolved. Same thing with the power to convene. Again, sometimes it's about implementation. So when I can get multiple agencies that are not talking to each other to come in a room and talk about how some of our most vulnerable are still left behind and why and things like that and cutting some of that red tape or some people call bureaucracy can be really important. So, you know, the four neighborhood service centers, I'm the only member of Congress that has four, uh, you know, really active service centers that focuses on that. And I, I truly believe it, it must go hand in hand with legislative work. Many of my bill ideas actually come from that approach. When that letterhead doesn't work or me picking up the phone doesn't work or me convening various agencies together doesn't work, then yeah, policy change is necessary. Yeah, that idea of constituent service and being out in your, your district or for us, our service area rings very familiar to me as we spend a lot of time with older adults trying to navigate systems for them and facilitating benefit applications. So definitely appreciate your perspective on your work as a member of Congress. The 13th Congressional District is very diverse. There's an array of ethnic, economic, and social backgrounds in your district. And what do you see as the most pressing needs and issues for older adults and people living with a disability in Western Wayne County and downriver? For me, it is the safe and healthy home. So much of my residents who may need health care, may need some issues around mental health or a lot of care uh, regarding as they get older, some of that assistant care, all of that will always require a safe and healthy home uh, to be in. And so I hear so many of my residents, especially my seasoned residents, about accessibility into their home, uh, you know, changing their bathroom so that they can get their wheelchair in or they don't have to worry about slipping and falling or being able to not have to go up the stairs and things of that nature is and, and being able to stay in their home. You know, one of the things that everyone talks about is always moving my seasoned residents. My seasoned neighbors want to stay in their home. They live longer when they stay in their home. It is what they know and love. And for me, especially as they have earned their right to, you know, retire uh, in, in, with human dignity, uh, that requires them to stay in their home. And so I hear a lot of my residents, of course, talk about healthcare, of course, talk about neighborhood quality of life and so forth. But overwhelmingly, what we hear in our neighborhood service centers are, I got to get my house repaired. It's falling apart. I can't afford it. And again, these are not things that sometimes we think about retirement or think that when we get older, you know, having a lot of challenges with our healthcare or just our bodies are not working the way we would hope. 
we didn't, you know, a lot of my neighbors don't budget for that or don't plan for that. I mean, they're in a safe home, but as years go by, they realize, oh my God, the gutter is falling apart. Then I got, you know, leaky roof, plumbing is out of order and, you know, they're getting high rates of of, of water, their water rates are going up because of that. And it's just so many of those things. And we got to go beyond thinking of weatherization, right? You reducing utility. We got to also talk about accessibility, talk about, again, making it a safe home as well. You know, really appreciate that being a focus for you. That's really our mission is to help people remain in their homes, living in the community they want to be in. So we really appreciate, you know, hearing that that's your focus as well as a member of Congress. Uh, I want to shift to an issue that's become a focus for us at the Senior Alliance. Over the next three years, uh, we're going to be implementing a new multi-year plan, and that's the plan that we give to the state of Michigan, telling them how we're going to expend those Older Americans Act dollars and Older Michiganians Act dollars. And as part of that plan, we identify targeted communities. And upcoming for the next three years, we've got two targeted communities, one of them being the Arab American community and one of them being the Hispanic community in that northern part of Downriver, the Lincoln Park, Melvindale, Ecorse River Rouge area. And I know that you and Congresswoman Dingle uh, introduced a resolution to recognize April as Arab American Heritage Month. And being that that's a community that's a focus for us, what are the particular challenges that you see amongst older adults in the Arab American community? You know, sometimes, you know, and I don't think of them as barriers. They're just a unique lens on what care for them means, right? For many that I hear is uh, not having, again, the ability, um, and again, very similar to other of my seasoned uh, residents across the state, really, uh, about the home and so forth. But it's also understanding what is, you know, available, how to, to reach out. Many, again, especially like my mother who, who grew up in Palestine uh, as she's getting older here, is really unaware uh, of various programs and because they didn't exist in her communities and neighborhoods. I mean, people just stayed in their villages and their neighborhoods. And so for them, it, it is just uniquely different to be thinking about, you know, oh, there's an organization called Senior Alliance. They do this or that. And really just letting them know these organizations are there for them and that in our country, all of the hard work and resources, tax dollars, all these things that go back into our society to come back to them to take care of them in their time of retirement or again, their seasoned years. I just think so many of my Arab American neighbors are just completely unaware because like my mother said, this is why I have my children. And And I said, absolutely, mom. And uh, we're there for her 150%. But I know for us, you know, we always do need help and, and want to look at various programs that help her while we're away at work or with our own families and so forth. Uh, so I think with the Air American community, the, the challenge is understanding those programs and that they are there for them. And people like, you know, I think of a woman right now in my head that thinks, well, that's only, you know, that isn't for me. That's that's for folks that maybe don't don't have means or something. And I'm like, you're you're also being very challenged. You need help with chores right now. You know, I was at her doorstep and she was telling me how hard it's been to just be able to take care of her home and like getting the grass cut and things like that. And people think, well, no, for many of my seasoned residents, it keeps them up at night. It really weighs on them. And so I think for Again, from my own experience with my own mother and grandmother and so forth, it's that pride, but also not fully being aware that these programs and and services were built for them. Uh, uh, Because, again, I think just with our with our young, vulnerable children and so forth, as many of our 
seasoned uh, residents are getting up in, in age, but also with challenges increasing that, again, these were built for them and they're there for them. And there's no one out there saying you can't access them. I hope that makes sense because I think as listeners think about this, is yeah, they call it cultural barriers, right? Or, or various things, but it is a mindset. But I even see it in my seasoned residents among my black neighbors, you know, coming from the South uh, back in the day, it's just not thought of to, to reach out to get some of these services. And again, to understand that they're built for them and there's nothing wrong in accessing them. Very often we find that people don't ask for help or that assistance or even that information until they're in an emergency situation. And, you know, one of the common themes that we've touched on today is, is housing. It's a critical issue for so many older adults. Um, You've mentioned the fixed incomes that people live on, but many older adults would like to downsize, move to a location, doesn't require as much upkeep. How do you see the housing issue evolving for older adults? Yeah, you know, I see it in in, um, some communities, even in Oakland County, moving towards that direction of just having, uh, you know, their own built, their own village, as I say, (laughs) of uh, our seasoned citizens that, uh, you know, are in various co-ops or I've been to so many what I call sometimes senior buildings or uh, senior uh, living. And there's a social worker on site. There is, you know, someone there that has their back uh, 24-7 if it's run correctly, right? But it, it is a different feel. And, and a lot of my seasoned citizens, they struggle or push back. They like their own home because there's a lot of privacy to it and so forth. But after a year of talking to some of my residents who, who transitioned into some of that space, they love it. There is friendships being developed in this kind of extended, what we call extended chosen family uh, there supporting them. For me, you know, I like the idea around building these villages that are accessible, affordable and safe. And, you know, as you said, the market or whatever we want to call it, it's not just my seasoned neighbors that are struggling to have access to affordable housing. It's everyone. So I can't even imagine my residents who are at an age where, I mean, talking about going, I just spoke to somebody in Livonia yesterday who's you know, working on weekends. She's, you know, she's a senior, she's working on weekends so that she can afford the high cost of food now and everything. And it's just heartbreaking to think about that. But, you know, housing is a human right, especially for our seasoned citizens. We should be able to make sure, again, it's affordable and accessible. And we have to move toward this direction. So if it's it's that collective village type of, of housing or us building or rehabbing or creating other uh, spaces for our seasoned citizens to have a home that, uh, you know, they feel safe in, that is taken care of and so forth, you know, of course we want to do that. I think is the best thing the federal government can do is to provide housing for their, for their residents, uh, especially our most vulnerable. Yeah, let's step over to the appropriations process for a minute. And uh, the fiscal year 22 final appropriations act was recently signed into law and it includes many important services that the Senior Alliance implements through the Older Americans Act. One of those was an increase for the Medicare state health insurance program, which in Michigan we call MAP. Uh, And MAP helps many older adults understand their Medicare and Medicaid enrollment choices by explaining options to them in an unbiased manner. And as a member of Congress, do you see a future expansion of Medicare covered benefits? And if so, what types of services would you see being added? I think it is an incredible opportunity right now to expand it, including vision and dental care, and even lowering the age 
requirement for the closest thing to universal healthcare that we have right now. Uh, but you have to, it's only triggered by, by age uh, or in some other cases. But, you know, and I think it's incredibly important as listeners think about this is there is a real good attempt, a very popular attempt to lower the age down to even 50 years old. Um, and there's an aggressive attempt uh, from members like myself and others to make sure it's expanded vision, dental, and hearing. People are still shocked to understand that not all of our season's residents get access to hearing aids or, uh, you know, some other really what I would call expansive, uh, you know, vision care and so forth. So it, it is something that I know many of members like myself and some in the Progressive Caucus are incredibly supportive of understanding that the way the system is now for Medicare program is not working uh, because it's leaving too many people behind. And as we can see, healthcare costs, before folks were talking about the cost of living, healthcare costs has been skyrocketing. Uh, you want to talk about price gouging and gas? No, look at the healthcare industry. They're probably learning from them. Uh, how to do it, but it is important uh, to understand like members of Congress that are some of us new members are hearing that uh, expansion of Medicare covered benefits is a priority for so many of our residents across the country. And unfortunately, I've heard it from all different, whatever you're thinking, you know, folks like to divide us by, oh, this is a Republican. No, what seems to really bring us a lot together and we want to talk about bipartisanship outside of Congress it's around this issue of expanded Medicare. Yeah, there's certainly a, a lot of discussion around the issue, and we appreciate uh, your support of the Older Americans Act and those Medicare dollars uh, in the past. But let's look towards fiscal year 23. The president's fiscal year 23 budget proposal includes investment in many of the Older Americans Act titles we've been advocating for as an area agency on aging. And these include supportive services, nutrition programs like Meals on Wheels and Congregate Meals, the National Family Caregiver Support Program, and the president has also recommended a nearly 50% increase to the long-term care budsman program. And while these total amounts aren't exactly what we've been advocating for, we appreciate the attention that's been given to these areas. Congresswoman, how do you see the fiscal year 23 budget process playing out? I think in the House side, and again, maybe I'm biased, but I've seen it, uh, is overwhelmingly uh, support to, to even go beyond what the recommendation of the president is in some of the uh, areas that you mentioned, especially the supportive services. You know, you hear so many of my House colleagues, including Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, talk about long-term care expansions and, and covering those benefits as well as, you know, of course we want the nutrition uh, programs and making sure that's available. And again, you know, some of my seasoned residents actually saw decreases in it in the previous years and seeing an increase there is, is incredibly important as we can see with the cost of food just dramatically increasing. But I, of course, support the 50% increase to the older American funded, you know, long-term care abusman program is important. We need an advocate, but I, I would urge us to actually cover the services themselves and then really focus on oversight of implementation and making sure that it, it again, it's not leaving anybody behind. But I know on the house side, Primarily because, you know, many of my colleagues are experiencing it themselves as they are becoming seasoned uh, residents themselves and seeing it. I think Congresswoman Debbie Dingell constantly said she didn't really fully understand what was going on long-term care in our country until uh, her late beloved husband, uh, Congressman John Dingell, was going through it. And even with 
the access to resources and, and health coverage that they had, they still struggled. So I think many of my colleagues know that the system is broken and not built or it's not like a safety net there. And so I know on the house side, you'll see some of these requests to incre- for the increases for 2023 being very present there. Some probably even will go beyond some of the recommendation, primarily because we know it's going to be a fight in the Senate to, to get them to agree. We have many advocates in our network. And what advice would you give them on how they can effectively advocate on behalf of older adults to a member of Congress? I think it's really important to engage the people they serve uh, and elevating them. And many do a very good job. I think Senior Alliance does a, a, a tremendous job. As, as, as a person that now has, this is going to be my you know uh, third appropriation cycle, is please don't wait until everyone else is lobbying and advocating. Coordinate site visits for your member to come out to look at the services. Because, you know, what happens is around appropriations time, and I understand, you know, not everybody has the capacity to to do it all year round, but what I'm saying is have it incorporated similar to the programming for for the residents that uh, advocates serve is to engage uh, the member early on, uh, bring them out, let them see those programs, because during appropriations, they call appropriation cycle or season, we're getting, uh, as my team will tell you, 20, 30 sometimes meetings within, you know, a two week period of various organizations. And, you know, I love the lobby days of, you know, especially when it's not the for-profit special interest groups, but actual advocates and amazing coalitions built around housing, senior living, things like that. But I want everyone to know in the district, bring Congress to the district, meaning you don't have to go to Washington, D.C. to engage your member, engage them right here at home, bring them into the center, I can tell you it dramatically, you know, I'm always a big advocate already, but it really dramatically changes my mindset because then I move with a lot more urgency when I actually see and hear about the hopes and dreams of organizations meeting the seniors that are getting served. It's those images and those stories that I remember as the appropriation season comes along. And so I would encourage folks to to be hands-on. It's not just the letters, it's not just the meetings, but bring them to your centers, bring them to actually see what is happening in the agency and the organization. That is something that will be remembered much longer than a letter. Thank you for that. And we definitely appreciated when you spent a considerable amount of time with us uh, pre-pandemic and visiting our facility and talking with our staff. Could you share a story with us about somebody that is in your district, a constituent, Um, that you as a member of Congress has helped and and really made an impact on their life? Yeah, you know, one of my my seniors, I I call her, I'll call her Mother W. She, you know, lives in Romulus, you know, as somebody that lives alone, uh, doesn't have any children. And uh, she calls me her adopted daughter now. But early on, um, she started having really just struggles and challenges to get in her home. And she was already in a co-op. She was in a setting where she didn't have to worry about some of the door chores, including, you know, getting the snow shoveled away and so forth. However, she needed a ramp and she really didn't even know where to start. She kept hitting walls. I mean, she was there were so these struggles. And so I used the power of the letterhead, the power of our office, meaning like, you know, me picking up the phone instead of her because it wasn't working to call the city administration and say, we're seeing a struggle here and there's some discrimination. And sure enough, because I called, they called the co-op, the folks managing the property. They all started talking to each other because it was months and months. She had not told me about those challenges. 
until, you know, of course she's breaking down and she just felt helpless. And she said, how am I going to get inside? I mean, so painful for her to get up the stairs. And so they didn't take me introducing a bill or calling various state, you know, federal agency. It just calling the city administration, telling the story, having people talk to you, getting the power to convene them. And it got resolved. She was incredibly, you know, so frustrated because she was confused and she didn't know really what she was doing wrong. But when folks understood her story and understood her background, she didn't just become a name. She was now Mother W who loves her cat and and is, you know, very active um, in her, uh, you know, church community in the neighborhood. She became a real person. And again, I, I think it's really important, you know, and Senior Alliance does this already. But I think it's really important to think about, you know, raising the bar, what you expect your member of Congress to do. It isn't just legislation. Sometimes just being that advocate and, you know, I'm a social worker at heart, but being that advocate can really change someone's life dramatically. Um, Doing all of that finally gave her, you know, she felt a little bit like her human dignity was being chipped away and we were able to give it back to her by advocating on her behalf. Many times it takes that one phone call and that one connection for somebody's story to be heard to to help somebody out and make that improvement. So uh, thanks again for sharing that. If a constituent wants to connect with your office, how can they do that? Yeah, so our four neighborhood service centers are throughout the district. Um, The main number to call is 313-463-6220. Again, 313-463-6220. 6220. You can also email us if that if you prefer. Uh, calls are just fine, by the way. Uh, but it's Rashida, R-A-S-H-I-D-A, at mail, M-A-I-L, dot house, just like it's spelled, and dot gov. When you call, and if, if we're not picking up, just know this, you get a call. If you leave a message, you get a call back within a day or so. And, you know, again, most of my staff are in the district. I actually have less staff in in D.C. Most of my staff are in the district doing primarily this kind of work. You know, my door is always open to folks, even if it's local issues, county issues, you know, quality life issues. You may not think automatically I'm going to call my member of Congress. But just know that I'm meeting organizations like Senior Alliance or, you know, other agencies and organizations that, you know, when I can help do that connection and, uh, you know, get you all the, the services that you need or just an advocate to, to hear you out so that we can triage and figure out how to, how to improve, improve that challenge or that issue. Uh, just know, again, it can be very transformative. It is the thing that mostly excites me about what I do is being able to change somebody's life today versus a bill that may or may not change someone's life in five or 10 or 15 years. Great. Thank you. And I wanted to just step back just a second and thank you for including the Senior Alliance in the work that you're doing on housing policy related to that. Uh, We've definitely appreciated the opportunity to talk about the challenges older adults face with housing and the attention that you're giving to that issue. So we appreciate that very much. And I appreciate you all. You all really are the ears and, and eyes on the ground. And so when we're thinking about the housing bill, as you know, I've been working on a number of them, your lens is important. And so I just appreciate you all making sure and kind of checking over to make sure that it is going to be meaningful. And again, I don't like introducing bills that are not going to be effective. I want it to be able to touch people's lives in a meaningful way. So is there anything you want to add today to our conversation that we haven't touched on? No, just I want my seasoned neighbors and folks listening to know our government's supposed to be about people and it's okay to reach out and ask for help. I just don't want folks to think that 
life has to be worse than it is now. You should only just be able to survive. You should be able to thrive. Remember that when you think about, do I pick up the phone and call Senior Alliance? Do I pick up the phone and call my member of Congress? We're here to work for you all. And I just don't want any hesitation. And again, if it wasn't Mother W who hesitated and thought, well, it's okay, I don't need help. It's like, no, this is why we're here. This is exactly what we're supposed to be doing. So I just, please don't hesitate. I want you to be able to thrive and be able to have a good quality of life, to be able to put your head on that pillow and not worry about whether or not you're going to be struggling the next day. Congresswoman Tlaib, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. If anyone has questions about services or programs the Senior Alliance offers, you can call us at 1-800-815-1112 or email us at info at Information about our agency or the programs and services we offer can be found on our website at www.theseniorlliance.org. On Facebook, we can be located by searching for The Senior Alliance. And finally, our Twitter handle is at AAA1C. I'm Jason Macieski. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside the Senior Alliance. Inside the Senior Alliance is a production of The Senior Alliance and Blazing Kiss Media.